you have to be living under a rock at this point to not have heard about FTX. And a lot of people who are going to listen to this episode are going to say, well, Chris, a lot of what's happening here sounds like what banks do. So banks will take in money from depositors and give you a percentage in interest rate. They'll take your money and loan it out to somebody for a higher percentage interest rate. And the difference is the arbitrage of the money they make. Well, Chris, mm -hmm. that's, that's totally fine. Right. Why can't crypto companies do that? Why can't these exchanges do that? Well, right. they can. They do. As a matter of fact, that's exactly they, what FTX did. That's exactly what they did, right? Once speculation got involved with cryptocurrency, it turned into like Wall Street banks just with looser regulations. Bingo. Regulations were not there. Mm -hmm. So the regulations that we have from people like the FDIC, from people like the Fed, those regulations limit the exposure that, that banks can take on in the form of liability, additional risk, right? right? But there is nothing like that to protect crypto exchanges for a run on crypto. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we give you ultra-premium, unfiltered truth when it comes to building your wealth and curating the lifestyle of your dreams. No games, no drama, and no shenanigans. I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and I'm here to help you distill the immense amount of information and disinformation out there on the interwebs and give you the opportunity to choose a higher standard for yourself. There are no gurus here, and no one gives a damn about how wealthy you look. I'm an attorney and a banker, amongst other things. Does that mean you should listen to me? Hell no. This is just full disclosure that while we talk about money, wealth, law, investing, and a lot of related topics, you should always speak to your own advisors for an opinion tailored to your unique investment perspective. I am obligated to tell you that nothing contained in this show is in fact legal or investment advice and is being provided solely for entertainment purposes. So sit back, Relax your mind and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high-resolution audio. This isn't a different standard. It's the higher standard. Go ahead. Do the intro. <laughs> the power play. This the last two episodes have been really <laughs> rude. This is the Higher Standard Podcast. I am Chris Nahibi, and that over there is... Saeed Omar. Hello, everybody. If you like this show, please subscribe and leave us an honest five-star review, whether that's on Apple or on Spotify. Ah, uh, yes. And for those of you who have been longtime listeners to the show, you know how much Said Omar loves, enjoys, partakes in the world of cryptocurrency. Love me some crypto. <laughs> Especially what's been going on as of late. Oh, my God. It's going to be a full episode dedicated to nothing but crypto. Trash-talking crypto. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think was going to happen? Yeah, give me some history. <laughs> yeah. And really, you know, setting up my alter ego, the official Chris Nahibi uh, at gmail.com <laughs> to sell you some cryptocurrency, yeah, yeah. not do this in future. This might be the only episode yeah, exactly. that guy ever listens to. Right. So we'll start off with the stat of the day that was provided by Yahoo. The total crypto market cap is about $890 billion, down from its peak of almost $3 trillion. If that ain't a kick in the ding ding. Oh my God. In so what? Bad. How That's long? So How long? How long did it take? It probably took a week, based yeah. on stuff that we've seen this week. A week? So, those of you who are not initiated, this is going to be a great episode because what we're going to do is we're going to talk about a little bit of the history of cryptocurrency in general, explain some of the basic, basic terms, mm -hmm. and then lever that to teach you guys about what's really been happening this week and how fucked up the crypto market has gotten. It, it is. Mm. 
Remember what we talked about in previous episodes? Where we were saying like, you know, something's got to give. What you know, what's going to give? Something's going to happen. There's, right. there's got to be like another Lehman Brothers. What's going to be? Well, oh, we found it. Yep, FTX, this, baby. Yeah, that's funny because everyone's saying that it looks like this is exactly like Lehman's, right? So, I mean, the promise of crypto was always a censorship-free, resistant money, right? Verifiability of the blockchain and a hedge against inflation. These were the promises. Okay, so none of that shit is true. <laughs> oh, none of that shit's true. But let's just go right out the gate. What was, what was the first one? Censorship-free, resistant money. Okay, so what they really wanted there was they wanted a decentralized currency. Mm -hmm. Sounds so, so fancy. Sounds fancy. Decentralized. Yeah. I want yeah. decentralized. It's like Robin Hood. We're going to democratize. What the fuck does that even mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We're going to take out the democracy. What? Right. <laughs> I don't want that. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It sounds fancy as yeah. shit, though, right? I want that shit hella centralized. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Well, ironically, that's foreshadowing, but we'll leave that there for now. What was the second thing? Second thing was verifiability of the blockchain. The blockchain. Now, there is some intrinsic value in the blockchain. That's part of the decentralization uh, of really what the cryptocurrency's true benefits are supposed to come from. Mm -hmm. But that also didn't work out quite as well. And yeah, yeah, because a lot of stuff went missing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that blockchain at? <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to know where this shit went, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll get into that. And the last was a hedge against inflation. Well... There is no hedge against inflation. Yeah, exactly. The only true hedge against inflation is to keep investing. And the idea that people would think that that there's anything, much less a decentralized, unregulated currency that would be a hedge against inflation. Here's the, here's the irony. All you had to do <laughs> to have the entire crypto market fall yeah. was raise interest rates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, well, shit. Congress was like, oh, we don't need no regulation. Yeah. Go ahead. J Jerome Powell, take care of that for us. Yeah, he's like, um... I'd like to announce we're having a 75 base point increase this month and a moment of silence for cryptocurrency, everybody. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so I know we're laughing at stuff that some people have got some money into, including myself at one point. Hopefully none of our listeners. Yeah. Even if you do, it's okay. We're, we're going to laugh through pain. Yeah. yeah okay? exactly. We're going we're gonna to take joy <laughs> in other people's pain and laugh at ourselves. It's part of the healing process. Right. Right. So you, you have to be living under a rock at this point to not have heard about FTX mm -hmm. and Sam Blankfeld, Blank, Blankman Fild, Field or whatever. Yeah, Fried. Yeah, Blankman Fried. Yeah. I, I, can, I can never say his name because right. there's also Lloyd Blankfeld, yeah. which is another guy. For the purpose of the show, he'll be called SBF. SBF. And Sam, or AKA SBF, he uh, was on the cover of Forbes. He was considered at 30 years old to be a prodigy of sorts. Right. Some some people were saying that the companies that he was running was the JP Morgan of crypto. Somebody even <laughs> referred to him as Warren Buffett. Man. God damn. Warren Buffett would be so pissed off. He's so upset. <laughs> so he hates off. all crypto. At one point, I think he said that I wouldn't exchange $25 for all of Bitcoin. Oh, Charlie Munger at one of the Berkshire Hathaway, I think the last two, actually, Berkshire Hathaway annual meetings. Yeah. He tore crypto a new asshole. <laughs> and this is like an 80-year-old dude who can barely move. And he was like, I mean, he was pissed. Yeah, rightfully so. I mean, he should be. And I get I get, I get, get their, their hesitation. But let's go through a little walk down the cryptocurrency lane. Mm -hmm. and then we'll get into the FTX specifically. Mm -hmm. So if you're a cryptocurrency expert, then you know maybe some of this stuff isn't revolutionary for you. But I think it's important to set a primer for the audience. Right. So by decentralized in the blockchain, it's really just a fancy way of saying a massive worldwide network of computers. Well, Chris, how the hell is that a blockchain? What, what does that mean? Okay, well, simple. Every single one of these computers has a general ledger on it. The general ledger has a record of all cryptocurrency transactions. Mm -hmm. Went from one wallet to another wallet. And for the purpose of this conversation, a wallet is just an account number. Right. 
And that's what makes this whole thing so dangerous and yet sexy is these random account numbers belong to somebody in their crypto wallet. And sometimes they're identified, we know who owns them, and sometimes you don't. But it's usually because somebody self-identified, like, I have this wallet. Or, for example, someone like me, I actually have a URL, which is chris.nahibi.eth, Ethereum, mm -hmm. on the Ethereum blockchain. Mm -hmm. You would know that I own that. There's no secret there. But you can have as many wallets as you want, all with random numbers. Right. Think of them like Swiss bank accounts. If you go to Switzerland, you don't have account numbers based on your name. You have them based on a number. Right. I wouldn't know that because I'm rich enough to have one of those accounts. <laughs> I've seen enough good movies, though. Yeah, exactly. So that's what, that's what happens, right? So basically, the blockchain is a bunch of series of accounts that belong to people. And you can see, see the transactions. Now, if somebody fakes or forges a transaction in one of the general ledgers in the blockchain, all the other computers in the world won't match that computer's general ledger. Right. So in, in some ways, it's a very much a self-regulating kind of environment, mm -hmm. meaning that we all have the same account numbers and the same things going on at all times. Now, there's cryptocurrency mining, all these other things. Let's just put that to the wayside. Okay. Everybody keeps these ledgers on their computers in this blockchain worldwide, and there are people who do that. We can get into the nuance of that in probably a later episode if somebody wants to get into things like crypto mining and, and the gas fees and the energy that costs that go into these things. But for, for the purpose of this conversation, that's mm -hmm. what you need to know. Right. So the idea of cryptocurrency was that all currency is effectively digital now, right? You go to your bank account, you look at your Wells Fargo account, Chase, B of A, whoever it might be. Mm -hmm. Your money's there digitally, right? but is there really dollars in a bank account somewhere to back that one-to-one? -one? Right. I don't really know. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people who are going to listen to this episode are going to say, well, Chris, a lot of what's happening here sounds like what banks do. Mm. Okay? Yeah. So banks will take in money from depositors and give you a percentage in interest rate. They'll take your money and loan it out to somebody for a higher percentage interest rate. The difference is the arbitrage of the money they make. Well, Chris, mm -hmm. that's, that's totally fine. Right. Why can't crypto companies do that? Why can't these exchanges do that? Well, right. they can, they do. As a matter of fact, that's exactly they, what FTX did. That's exactly what they did, right? Once speculation got involved with cryptocurrency, it turned into like Wall Street banks just with looser regulations. Bingo. Regulations were not there. Mm -hmm. So the regulations that we have from people like the FDIC, from people like the Fed, those regulations limit the exposure that, that banks can take on in the form of liability, additional risk, right? right? How leveraged can they be and what minimum capital requirements they have? Things like that that really set a kind of a barometer. Right. Like we talked about in previous shows, the Fed can also require banks to hold additional liquidity when there's a fear there will be a run on banks for liquidity. Mm -hmm. But there is nothing like that to protect crypto exchanges for a run on crypto. Right. Which, again, is exactly what happened here in addition to the lack of liquidity and the over leverage. So mm -hmm. with that as kind of like a basic, basic primer, mm -hmm. that's all you really need to know so we can talk about how fucked up FTX is. Oh, man, so bad. So, Saeed, want to take a trip down memory lane and what brought us to where we're at? So our boy Sam Bakeman fried right, SBF, uh, he founded a quantitative trading firm named Alameda Research. So it let's pause right there, mm -hmm. just because I like interrupting Saeed. Yes. Suck it. And because I want to point out that SBF or Sam here, Sam was not a stupid kid. His two parents, I think, are Stanford law professors. Right. He comes from a well-educated pedigree. And he's like only 30 years old. So right? 30 years old as of today. Yeah. <laughs> so he was so younger when this then, all happened, right, right? Exactly. So his parents were, you know, pretty good pedigree. He originally lived in, I want to say, Northern California with his parents around Stanford area, mm. then moved to Hong Kong, and then ultimately the Bahamas, which you'll cover in a little bit. So this is not somebody who's just some random kid. He's got a good pedigree and is not stupid. No, no, right. Just does a lot of stupid shit. Yeah, exactly. So he founded this trading firm named Alameda Research in 2017. Two years later, 
He started FTX, which is an exchange platform for buying and selling crypto. I know we touched on this on the episode that was right before this one. So whenever that one drops. But so this episode, we're actually taking a really deep dive into all this. So let's let's stop and pause right there and set up a good set of pretenses. So for Mm -hmm. those of you who don't know the crypto space very well, you don't need to to understand what's what we're going to roll out for you in kind of the story. Mm -hmm. Alameda Research is really a hedge fund. Yes. Okay. Their job is to take on certain degrees of risk and find uh, trading differentials and make money and profit off them. Hedge funds can be a very risky business, but they also have a lot of return for that perceived risk. FTX is an exchange. You can buy, sell, hold, trade cryptocurrency on it. Think of FTX as like your bank. Or like a Fidelity account or something, right? Right. So people are going to give you their money. Your customers are going to give you money. You hold it there and you can buy, sell other cryptocurrencies there. Mm-hmm. Alameda Research is an investment vehicle. That, that's a fund they're investing in. So if you if you recall FTX like Fidelity, where you put your money in, let's say Fidelity has an index fund, like an S&P 500 index fund. Right. That's effectively what the Alameda Research arm was. They were trying to make money off of that, and you could invest your money there. Exactly. For the purpose of this conversation, FTX, this exchange, had one type of cryptocurrency you had to buy in to get into it called FTT. That was their cryptocurrency. Their token, right. Their token, exactly. So when FTX first got started, though, they got major investments from a a lot of companies, a lot of people from Silicon Valley and Wall Street. One of those was Sequoia, who invested $150 million uh, into FTX. And I think you said SoftBank. SoftBank was in there. um, And and then 20% of the company, when they were started, Right was owned by CZ, who is the CEO of Binance. Right, which is another exchange company. Which is arguably the largest exchange right, in the world. Exactly. So during this time when they raised all this capital, they grew into the fourth largest cryptocurrency trading for derivatives and was ba- and were based out of the Bahamas. Now you might ask, why the Bahamas? You know, it is kind of random. Maybe right. it's the island, you know, ambiance. So the reason, <laughs> the <laughs> reason the it was based out of the Bahamas was because its number one value proposition was illegal in the U.S., so, uh, I, well, let's let's clarify that. So, not, you could do things in the Bahamas that would be illegal in the United States. Yes. And because you were based in the Bahamas, somebody in the United States who could invest in your company could do that. Whereas, if you were mm-hmm. in the United States or even Hong Kong for this level, th- this degree, it would be prohibited by their regulators. Right. And just like every other market over the last two years, right? Volume trades ballooned over the last two years. So they were making they were making hella money over these last two years. So. That, that's that's where this really kind of starts to get really gnarly is that so FTX had the name uh, the name rights to was it Miami's was it Miami's um, arena yeah arena so yeah. it was the FTX arena so they played basketball there right right just like you know what used to be formerly known as Staples Center yeah you know, cryptoarena.com now crypto.com yeah. crypto.com for a lot, for the Lakers and their name is apparently on the chopping block is having an issue now too so everyone's like okay who's the next to fall Right. Who's going to be the next FTX? It's going to be Crypto.com. Clearly, BlockFly's got got a couple of issues. They've, they've halted all money coming in and going out. I mean, there's there's significant issues there. And BlockFi had a huge position in mm-hmm. FTX. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. The whole the whole crypto like ecosystem was really built around FTX. And what, what blows me away is when we get into the details of how this company was run later on. Oh, my God. It, it's going to just destroy your mind. Right, yeah, and how many people actually put their faith and trust and all their money into this? So, well, I mean, knowing they, yeah. they, 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 they knew, yeah, exactly. They, they, they knew <laughs> what like, they were getting like, this, is, this is totally fine with me, yeah, yeah, exactly. Hold my money, I'll wait. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? So, uh, SBF was beginning to be viewed as a crypto savior. Uh, when digital asset classes dropped earlier this year, he bailed out some firms by spending one billion dollars, such as 
the lender Voyager, but Chris, you have some a reason as to why you think that he did that. Yeah, so I got a, a ton of backstory on this, and I don't want anybody to think that it's because I'm smart or deeply into cryptocurrency because I'm not actually the official Chris Nahibi at gmail.com. That's somebody pretend, pretending to be me yeah, yeah. using my name, and I yeah. hope this helps them scam more people yeah. somewhere else without my Hopefully name. Hopefully they're paying for an $8 blue check mark. Oh, man. <laughs> Let's take a little side note here. Um, I know that there's been some people who have called bullshit on me lately, and I want to address the rumors of some of our 18 listeners who've called bullshit. Yeah, okay? listen, why are you lying to the people? I'm not lying to the people. <laughs> all right. Elon Musk, fuck me. Yeah. That, that's, that's what's yeah, happening. He's going after you. He's like, man, fuck this guy. <laughs> he's like, I'm I'm gonna find a way to torture the shit out of this guy. Yeah. And yeah. I'm gonna do it in the most disrespectful way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Elon Musk is a troll. And he he's he's he troll he's trolling me. Yeah, he's I know trolling, it's what he everybody. Yeah, that's what he so, does. So all right. Long time ago, I, I tried to submit to be verified on Twitter. I met all the criteria. I, I clearly got verified on, on Instagram. And I had the same requirements on both platforms. Mm-hmm. Twitter rejected me, but never sent me like an official rejection. So I sign up for Twitter Blue, mm-hmm. $8 a month, right? Mm-hmm. I, see the blue, I see the blue check mark show up. But I noticed that my blue check mark, when you tap on it, says government verified, whatever, blah, blah, blah. The old school verification, not the Twitter blue right, verification. Like notable information, right? Yeah. So I was like, oh, I wonder if my application got processed as part of this or something like that. Mm. Two days later, they suspend all Twitter blue anyway. So whatever. Because no big of all, deal. Because of all, I think we touched on it on the show. Yeah, but I have the old school verified check mark, not the new paid for one. Right, right. Which I don't care. I'm paying for Twitter blue anyway. Whatever, yeah, right? right? But it showed up at basically the same time. Yeah. Found it weird. Now, here's where it gets a little fucked up. Mm -hmm. Is I can see it on my platform. Yeah. I can share stuff from my platform, my Twitter, two other things. But when somebody Googled it the other day, pulled up my Twitter, there's no verified checkmark next to it. (laughs) So I'm like, what? You mean cheap, bro? Are you not really paying for the $8? So so then I had my brother look it up from his Twitter account, which, by the way, he has a Twitter blue account and it shows up on everywhere else. Yeah. The internet, like. Everybody else's phones, I can see his verified status. Right. Nobody who looks at my account can see a verified account except for me. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm the only person. You saw this. Don't, you know it. Please tell everybody you saw this I shit, did. too. I did. I wish, up, I wish right? I did it. I <laughs> wish I did it, but it's true. It's gotten to the point now where I had to do a video of me logging into my own Twitter app to see it. There. People were <laughs> like, why are you putting a bullshit verified tick next to your name? Just pay $8 a month, you asshole. Stop lying to the people. Yeah. It's so messed up. I'm the only person in the world that can see my own verified mark. Yeah. I'm verified for me. Yeah, he's like, he patting you on the back. Good job, son. It's so messed up. So, all right, to go back on that. So why why do you feel like SBF uh, bailed out that lender Voyager spending a billion dollars? Oh, yeah, so my segue here. So I've been spending a lot of time. This was crazy. There was a gentleman on Twitter who held like a Twitter spaces where basically you can, a lot of people listening, listen to people talking. For multiple days. And I don't want to say his name because he's still still doing it. I don't really know what his affiliations are background. I don't really know anything mm-hmm. about him. So I, other than the fact that he's been doing this for several days and a lot of reputable people have gone on, like former White House people, I mean, a lot of people in the crypto space. Uh, I think Elon Musk joined for a little bit. And every, people can just tune in and listen? You just tune in and listen. So, so kind of yeah. like what that one platform was like, Club Room or something. Like Clubhouse. Like, Clubhouse. I think this is the way they kill Clubhouse effectively. But basically, you can just tune in and listen to these people talking and you can see who's talking. It's just like Clubhouse, how they work. But he held it for several days. He barely slept through it. And a lot of people with inside information came on. And then this is where a lot of information got leaked the last couple of days as it relates to the inner workings of FTX. So mm-hmm. it was rumored. Now it's verified. Sam at FTX had to buy these platforms because they were talking about selling off their positions in FTT, mm-hmm. his coin. It would have crashed them sooner. Right. And they knew about some of the inside leverage position that he was taking on. So basically, 
if people were to sell off their their ownership in the cryptocurrency, he would have mm -hmm. to pay them out, right? Right, exactly. So if you say, hey, I'm selling FTT this many tokens, he would have to pay you out of FTX and give you your money back. Right. The same way if you were to go to a bank and say, hey, I'm cashing out, I'm going to take my money, I'm going to go to Bank of America, right. they would have to give you the money. Well, he didn't have the money to pay them. Right. So what he did is he was talking about buying them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he took he took the big leaguing up way up. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, you want to break up with me? Yeah. Fine, I'm going to buy you. Yeah. That's, well, what, that's what he was doing. Yeah, we'll get into more of that too a little bit later. So then basically after that, what happened on November 2nd, fast forward to November 2nd, Coindesk reported a leaked balance sheet of Alameda Research. Yeah. Mind you, hedge the, his hedge, hedge fund, fund that he, he started two years prior to FTX. The balance sheet noted it had roughly $14.6 billion in assets, most of it being comprised of the FTT token. Yeah. So therein lies an interesting set of circumstances, right? So if the hedge fund is almost all the tokens that are from the FTX platform, right. are those his tokens? Right. Or are those customer tokens? Yeah, exactly. Because we're, we're really talking about taking money and converting the token. But really, if I start a hedge fund and I start a bank mm -hmm. and all the money from the bank makes its way over to the hedge fund. Am I trading off other people's money? Right. Which wound up being exactly what was happening there. But let's pause. Yeah. This is my favorite part of the story, at least up to this point. Right. So he has some experience. Sam did from a company, a trading platform called Jane Street. <laughs> okay. And he took a, a ragtag group of individuals. <laughs> ragtag is a very interesting way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all 20-something years old. I think they all had like maybe a year or two experience trading. Man, they, all, not, they, were, they were like traders. They weren't, they didn't run a group. They weren't like managers. They were just traders. And this is what strikes me as so crazy. SBF does not strike me as the kind of guy I want to get behind and be like, hey, yeah, man, I trust you. Let's go. Yeah, this this is a, a nerdy kind of chubby looking dude, curly hair. Yeah, but I mean, you had you had celebrities loaning their status out to him and holding him out to be like, I mean, SoftBank is, is if you're in the space, uh, if you're in the investment space and venture capital, right. SoftBank is, is like they're big. They're yeah. just they invest in you. They're they're putting their their brand name behind you. Now same, they make a lot same, of risky bets. Same goes for Sequoia. Sequoia, I mean. I mean, Sequoia, Google's Capital G Group, they were all in Robinhood. I mean, these are people, right. they, they, they go deep in rounds and they continue to go until you go public. Right. right? Th that's what these these groups do. So these people put their name into you, but even fucking Tom Brady, man. Yeah. Tom, Tom Brady. Brady is rumored to have a $650 million mm -hmm. worth in them, the majority of it. Steph Curry was in it. Steph Curry was in it. All these celebrities were learning their name. I heard that there was that YouTube star, Stephen Graham. He was pushing it hard too back in the day. And he had to come back making a put out a statement saying, uh, I'm sorry about all that. I retract everything I said. Yeah. And I mean, I, you have to wonder how much, how much he was giving to them of like his assets for free, which actually wound up being customer assets. It looks like. Right. So he was playing what looks like a, a giant Ponzi scheme with his money and it got over leveraged, but there, there's no regulatory body here, but this is the crazy part. So we took this ragtag group of individuals. There's 10 of them mm. that were really the, the, the headquarters that ran this group out of a penthouse in the Bahamas. Mm. They were not rumored. It's been verified to be all sleeping with one another. They were all having like some kind of sexual relationship. Like, God, can you imagine the movie that's going to come out on this? Like ten years. Oh, ago? Netflix is all over this. Yeah. Like, who do I sign? Yeah. Who, 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 <laughs> yeah. Am I signing? who wants this? So, and, and really, it came down. I mean, they weren't like. I mean, it wasn't like an origin like that. But they were all they, like, you know, he and, for example, the CEO, the girl who ran Alameda Research, mm. who was. I mean, I, this is probably a great description of her, the nerdiest human being alive. I'm, I'm not touching this. She's nerdy as hell. I'm, I'm not. Uh, even, it's not an insult. I'm, I'm not going there. 
But I mean, let's be honest. If you saw her, you saw the video that you I played. Could, you, could, you could look her up. You can look her up. I would not trust her with my life savings. Is all I'm saying. I would like, not. She she does or, not come off as somebody who's or, got a lot or of experience. to run the risk management of the company or to do anything. No. Yeah, I mean, and it's so her interviews are terrible. I mean, every, there's nothing about her that makes me go inspired. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's not she's not that. I mean, no. clearly somebody didn't have a whole lot of experience. Clearly somebody who wasn't there, and she was rumored to be the one that Sam was sleeping with off and on, like they had some kind of relationship. So, I mean. Did you put her in charge? Because it's just, the whole thing's weird. There's there's a lot of questions. A lot of questions. And there's a lot of stuff. But there were 10 individuals living in this penthouse in the Bahamas mm-hmm. running the majority. They had 300 employees you know, worldwide, which was far less than the, their competitors in finance and everybody else had. But this is weird. Well, hopefully we get some answers because I know the SEC's involved, the DOJ's involved, the FBI's involved. You know, people like they're, they're going to crack down on this and they're going to hopefully, you know, Lay out some regulation. We're jumping ahead a little bit, but this, this yeah. is one of my favorite things that happened in the last couple of days. Ready? Okay. So. Well, yeah, this is, ju- this is jumping ahead. Hold on. Let's, before you get into this, because there's because this we can really, really dive into. Okay. It. So we'll jump into what's happening now, but I want to pause and say there, there's a whole lot of funny stuff happening in the Bahamas. Yes. And we'll get back to that. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So. Um, so they were they there was a request for both Alameda and FTX to comment. Both of them refused to respond. Investors began to become skeptical and started withdrawing rapidly from FTX. Right. So let's explain a little bit about why that. So the history here was is that, and this is some of this is rumor, but some of it's substantiated. So Binance's CEO CZ mm-hmm. had a twenty percent interest in FTX when it started. Right. But as FTX grew in popularity and Sam got more famous and had more connections, he started to go really, really frustrated with CZ and Binance. Yes. As a matter of fact, he was in Washington a lot, politicking for things like regulation and reform and really using his now newfound celebrity status and his Forbes cover picture and all this stuff right. to position him. But in some of these conversations, he was bad-mouthing CZ, the CEO of Binance. Right. He hears this, right. CZ, and he gets really frustrated. Rightfully so, yeah. So now this relationship has turned into an enemy. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. He was somebody who backed you in the beginning. Right. And CZ basically... Tweets out that he's going to sell all of his FTTs, underlying token. Exactly. So that happened on November 6th. That he was going to offload hundreds of millions of dollars of the FTT token mm-hmm. under the FTX platform. And this starts a run on FTX's platform. The same way someone would have a run on the banks for liquidity. Mm-hmm. Everyone goes to the bank and pulls out their money. Well, right. everybody, because CZ is, is, a, is a very notable and well-known and respected individual, and he's the CEO of Binance, one right. of the largest cryptocurrency exchange in the world. Right. And as a result of him saying that, everybody who's in the crypto space hears this, especially Twitter, which is a massive... Twitter is such a huge platform for crypto. Mm-hmm. Huge. There's so many conversations and things going on on the Twitter platform at all times crypto, whether they're talking about the blockchain or emerging cryptocurrency tokens. and so, mm-hmm. It's always there. So for him to put this out there, their main communication market. Right. It, everybody who's in that space was like, I'm going to pull my money out too. Exactly. And that's so exactly what happened. The, the key thing to to differentiate here is we're not talking about, they're not pulling out their FTT token. They're pulling out their money from the entire platform. So they're taking out their cash and whatever other assets that they were holding under this platform. Well, they have to sell their FTT to get their cash out. Right. right. So exactly. So there's, there's that. Okay. On November 6th, FTX processed roughly about $4 billion worth of withdrawals. Then on November 7th, the number went up to six billion, causing a major liquidity problem. Right? <laughs> they they now do not have the liquidity to support any of these withdrawals. Right? 
Then he goes over to his boy over at Binance that he was talking shit on for, for so so long. CZ. CZ begging him to, you know, give him a handout, right? So the, there's rumors on this one, too, that came out in that same chat that I was listening to. And some of this has been substantiated since. So there is a really popular encrypted platform like WhatsApp called Signal. Yes. Right. End to end encryption, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So apparently there was a signal communication group. Because remember, these people are all over the world, right? So CZ, I think, is in Singapore or something like that at the time. And they're in the Bahamas. They're working stuff out. Everybody's traveling. And there's some employees that are all over the, you know, the world. Right. And I think these conversations get wiped out after the conversation is done. That, exactly. That's the big draw. But basically, CZ, in the, they opened up a due diligence portal. Mm -hmm. And CZ spent maybe a day doing due diligence. Maybe half a day. Yeah, yeah. It exactly. wasn't long at all. Right. So wait. So Binance said that they would step in and buy the company and they signed a non-binding LOI, mm -hmm. right? A letter of interest saying that they would, in fact, attempt to buy the company. Emphasis They're, on non-binding. Yeah, non-binding. The very next day they pulled out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, you know, about that. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we looked into the matter. So actually, the quote is, as a result of corporate due diligence, there were reports of mishandled funds. So that's why we're pulling out. Yeah. Not good. Not good for SBF or anybody on that platform. SBF came out and was quoted saying, I fucked up. Should have done better. So <laughs> so he went around afterward and tried to get other people to finance him, mm -hmm. right? Try to get money from everywhere. Didn't didn't happen. And then he had this this kind of conference afterward where somebody asked him and he point blank said, literally, that's quote, I fucked up. Right. And he was so laissez-faire about it. Like it wasn't, he's never been at a point. I mean, if, if it were me, in billions. I mean, keep in mind, he lost, we talked about it in the previous episode, he lost 94% of his net worth in a single day. Right. It was like 16 billion down to nothing. Now his company's in chapter 11. I think, I think it's mm -hmm. probably moved to a full bankruptcy at this point. Yeah. All that's going on. He's going to get wiped out. Mm -hmm. The customer is going to get wiped out. He's got to go to jail, right? This well, is, people are saying that this is worse than Madoff. It is, but it's also not regulated like Madoff was. Madoff was SEC regulated. Come on, man. They got, they got to be able to stick something on them. I'm sure they will. There's probably wire fraud and stuff like that going yeah. on there, but there wasn't any wires. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, so that, that's the thing. It's like your money's... I mean, I'm sure there, there's a way to get around this. And I'm, I, I will say, big asterisk here, like, as much as I understand the crypto space, I, there's a lot of like upcoming new laws and a lot of things. Well, there's no precedent. There is some like cases in Wyoming, places that are really crypto, mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, proactive and, and really setting precedents for a lot of the legal stuff. There's a lot of that there, like the bankruptcies markets, the futures markets, that all came out of Wyoming legislation. Mm -hmm. So and, and some of the, the bankruptcy stuff going on there. So there's a lot here that's been set in motion that'll, that'll help, at least from the bankruptcy side. Yeah. But as far as the criminal side, I've not kept up to, kept up to date with that. Like, yeah. I don't know. And it's going to be it's going to be hard when your boy flees out to they're saying Dubai. So that's an interesting thing, too. So there is there was somebody who was tracking his jet that he was on. <laughs> he said that he was in the Bahamas, but in an undisclosed location. It was like, if you're in the Bahamas, you're not home. Like, it's weird, right? And so <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then now he's refusing to tell everybody where he's at for security concerns. No shit. Rightfully so. Yeah. yeah like yeah. people are someone's going to try to kill you. Yeah. I mean, or at least send you a bag of shit or something like that. I mean, yeah. someone's going to do something, right? <laughs> Light this, a bag of shit on fire. At, at this point in time, if somebody doesn't mess with you, yeah, like that, that, the, the statistical improbability of that is just it's huge. Right. right. It's just, it, there's no way someone's not going to do something to you. Right. So if you're him, you got to stay out the record. I actually saw an interview with him today where, where someone was saying, like, you know, this is the only interview question. How are you sleeping? Yeah. And he goes, you know, I'm sleeping better than you think. I'm like, you lost billions of dollars. So I'm sure people Psych want to kill you. Psychopath, dude. I don't, I think he's, 
don't think he's a psychopath. I just think that he's he's an extremely odd dude. Come on, man. Something's not working right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's a lot not working yeah. right. Yeah, there's so, a whole lot. So Reuters reported that SBF transferred $10 billion of customer funds from FTX to his sister hedge fund, Alameda Research. A large portion of that has disappeared, approximately $1 to $2 billion in cash. So if you're paying attention, everybody, not only was he already using money from FTX to fund Alameda Research's really risky leverage positions mm-hmm. in, their, in the hedge fund, which lost money, by the way, right. and couldn't pay back customers, but now $10 billion, with a B. Mm-hmm. That's more zeros than I think we'll probably ever see in our lifetime. Uh, yeah, man. They arbitrarily just moved. Here you go, Alameda Research. Yeah, it just moved it over. So the reason, so if you're asking yourself how he was able to do that, right? Apparently, FTX's legal team found on the back end, SBF had implemented a backdoor into the bookkeeping system, which allowed him to execute commands and altering the company financial records without alerting other people, including external auditors. What What? <laughs> what the fuck happened to the blockchain? <laughs> Is it, I mean, isn't the whole block, the whole purpose of the blockchain is to be able to figure out where all the money's going? So somebody actually did track the accounts of some of the money that's moved around. And there's like a, a, a visual chart they put together that's on, on the Internet. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's real or not. So I didn't bring I didn't bring it to like use as like a visual aid or anything like that because I just it's hard to rely on it. Right. But there is somebody who tracked all the money. That's right. how these numbers came out. It, yeah. it, it is trackable. Mm-hmm. But there's no way to stop him from moving the money. If yeah. it's in his crypto account, he can move his crypto account wherever he wants. Right, he has access to the, you know, the back end of the system. Right. So, and that that's the crazy part is he it, this is on record as known to be true. He went to his chief technology officer who's one of the 10 who lived there. Mm-hmm. And him and the girl who ran Alameda, the, the CEO that it would, that he was sleeping with, I guess at some point, and another one other person, the fourth person, I think it was like um I can't remember what the job was that that, that person had. Oh, it was, a, it was a trading person. It was like the investment officer. Right. Four of them knew that he went to the chief technology officer and built this back door. Right. Requested wow. that it be built. Like you didn't you, think this was wrong. I mean, you didn't go like shit. I wonder if he's going to actually use the back door. Yeah. Like what? Why would you need that? Yeah. Exactly. They have to, everyone's getting paid off probably at some point. This is so crazy to but me. But he was spending like crazy. You're talking about a guy who was talking about buying everybody. He even went to Elon Musk. Yep, I was going to bring that up later too. Go ahead. Yeah, he went to Elon Musk. Apparently, he wanted to get involved in the whole, you know, Twitter acquisition, and he offered to invest three billion dollars into Twitter. And there was a conversation going on between Elon and somebody else, where that individual was telling Elon that SBF wanted to invest three billion dollars, and Elon Elon's quote unquote BS meter went off, and his initial response was, "Does that guy actually have three billion dollars?" So translated loosely, he was like, "Listen, after I'm done trolling Chris." <laughs> With his bullshit Twitter account. <laughs> exactly. Someone tell this Sam kid to fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, first of all. Hey, Chris and SBM are the same. Both y'all fuck off. First of all, like, and let's just let's just call us what this is, okay? I know you're feeling yourself, Sam. Right? Damn, yeah, I know. <laughs> but you're calling up the wealthiest man or the second wealthiest man in the world, depending on what time you, you call him up and say, yeah. hey, man, I know you need to raise $44 billion to buy Twitter and take it private. If yeah. you want three. I'll give you three. I'll throw in $3 billion for, I mean, three shit. Shit, I stole $10 billion from other people. Yeah. I'll, I'll send another three. I have Alameda Research kicking down some FTT. Yeah, exactly. And some OPP while we're at it. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But like, why would you even do that? Like, seriously, you think you're going to come up to Elon Musk? That, that's terrible, man. Terrible. That's terrible. That's like me going up to Warren Buffett and being like, look, I know you want to buy some crypto. Mm. I'll give you $100,000. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know, exactly. Like, I don't need your money, boy. I know. Oh, shit, man. So go, go into this, what, what you had here. No, 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 better stuff. So now $10 billion, poof, gone, gone vanishing. It's an Alameda research, and now portions of it are gone, and there's all this sophisticated web. Now the next day, $600 million gets hacked oh, from FTX. You told me about this. $600 million. As And if, they found as, the guy. As if it couldn't get any worse. Couldn't get any. Guess what? Shocker. Spoiler alert, everybody. It's yeah. a former FTX employee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he is the, he is the prototypical hacker looking oh, dude. Oh, you had the picture? Oh, I had the you, picture. Oh, I didn't show it to no, you? No, you didn't show it to me. Oh, my you God. Only, you only showed me a picture of the girl. Oh, my God. This dude looks like every hacker you've ever seen in your entire life. The dude yeah. who... Oh, do yourself, so, do yourself a favor and look this up. It's so bad. I'll, I'll find the photo. I'll send it to you afterward. But when yeah. I show it to you, it's ridiculous. He looks like every... Every single hacker you could close your eyes and imagine would look like overweight, long hair, kind of balding, yeah. glasses, bad skin. Yeah, yeah. That's him. Drinking a big gulp. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he looks like every South Park character, all yeah. in one. All in one. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, he just, <laughs> not good. 600 million, poof, gone. So now this is all in a matter of like 48 hours. This whole thing is just blown up, God right? Damn, bro. And then, and then stuff starts getting really, really weird. Left. Okay. This is one of those things that went left. Right. FTX posts posts to their official Twitter page this statement. Mm. Per our Bahamian headquarters regulation and regulators, we have begun to facilitate withdrawals of Bahamian funds. As such, you may have seen some withdrawals processed by FTX recently as we complied with the regulators. Mm. <laughs> no less than an hour later, the Bahamian regulators chime in from Nassau. The Bahamas, Saturday 12th, November 2022, Securities Commission of the Bahamas, the commission notes that the statements made by the representatives of FTX, which advised, quote, per the Bahamian headquarters, regulation and regulators, and the rest of the quote that I just read to you. <sighs> I'm going to pause right now because you know what comes next. Ain't good. <laughs> Ain't good. The commission wishes to advise that it has not directed, authorized, or suggested FTX Digital Markets LTD the prioritization of withdrawals for Bahamian clients. The commission further notes that such transactions may be characterized as voidable references under the insolvency regime and consequently results in clawing back funds from Bahamian customers. In any event, the commission does not condone the preferential treatment of any investor or client of FTX, Digital Markets, LTD, or otherwise. What happened? See, what happened was is they lying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. They played you. That's yeah. what he did. That's not. That that's, boy played that's not very you. Nice. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Jesus Christ this is so bad. Oh my God. So now this whole thing's blown up. Everyone's like, Oh my God, is this going to leak over? And yes, it's going to leak over. BlockFi had major. Holdings of FTX. They've actually so much so they started to have a run because so now what people are doing, the consumers are doing is they're going, okay, well, who had money in FTX's coin FTT, which you can track via the blockchain because it's all public record, right, right? Right. So they know how much is there. Well, guess what? BlockFi had a ton of money there. Now they're worried about a run on their. So now they've halted all incoming and outgoing money because they're trying to prevent this. Because I mean, look, at some point you have to stop the bleeding because here's what here's what happens in a normal banking world. It would not be crazy to take money in and lend it out. Right. But there's leverage restrictions. There's limits on how much you can do. You have to right. have certain capital requirements, money there. Clearly, FTX did not have enough money to pay back people with even just a quick finance-related tweet that caused a run on their on their stuff. Right. It, it's it's shocking, but not that shocking. So you're you're seeing this all spin around and now it's impacting people. People are saying, okay, is BlockFi next? Is crypto.com next? How many of these people can really hold up? 
So in, well, in how does it how does it affect all the other coins? How does it affect all the other coins? Let's talk about let's talk about the number one coin out there. What Bitcoin? Bitcoin. Yeah. As of today, trading below seventeen thousand dollars a coin. It's. I mean, I don't understand. Like for someone that's never owned any cryptocurrency, all this was enough for me to solidify. I will never own any cryptocurrency. Yeah, man. But in its height, though, everybody felt like the FOMO of not investing because there are people who got in like. Let's use Bitcoin. You just got into Bitcoin like eight, six thousand dollars, eight thousand dollars. Yeah, got up to six thousand dollars, bro. Know, you were that. balling. I get that. I mean, that that was the problem, right? But that's never what cryptocurrency was set out to be. It was never set out to be something speculative or something that you can get rich off of. Once it started to do that, it's just like this. This is not what it was. Its intended use. No, I mean it wasn't. Well, yes, it was, and no, it wasn't. So. The whole ideology was that they could have one currency and they didn't need the system to get in the way. It was a radical concept, right? Right. But let, let's let's go down this path because I think there's some value in the education that comes along with it. And, and ironically, what has happened now when the conversations have come up. Okay. So I've listened over the last couple of days to a breakdown. I've tried to pull in as many data sources as I can around this because it, it's really sensational stuff. It is, yeah. Like it, It's crazy to me to think how much of this is really happening out there. And it's really evolving in real time. And unlike Lehman Brothers that collapsed, we yeah. found out a lot of stuff afterward. We're finding this all out in real time, especially with the something like this Twitter Spaces kind of thing. They've been calling it uh, what have they been calling it? They've been calling it public journalism. Yeah, that's what they're calling because they're yeah. getting they're they're tapping into people in real time, right? And instead of going through a media outlet, it's like they're calling in effectively to this clubhouse conversation and talking about it, right? And until tonight, when right when I was driving to the studio. They stopped it for the first time in days. It was going 24 hours around the clock for days. Wow. And people were calling in or like they were, you know, they were joining it. They start talking on the thing. Sharing their stories. Sharing their stories. Elon Musk is in there. Everybody's in there. There's just so much data coming in. Mm -hmm. It's amazing because now you're cutting out the middleman of the media, the the spin, the bias, and you're just getting it straight from people who come in. Right. Now, granted, you have to have people that could come in that have verifiable, you know, history with the company. But. Right. So as all this is happening, there's, there's a consistent theme. Mm-hmm. that i've heard over the last couple of days the whole idea of decentralized blockchain meant that title and ownership of who owns what could be tracked in one central repository acceptable i mean accessible to everybody across the world this is hugely important for things like title to real estate mm-hmm. like title to your vehicle anything that you hold title to or any receipt for example right if you go to a restaurant and you buy something and associated with your credit card number why can't we have a blockchain that logs all these things around the world. Right. The technology behind it, there, there's definitely something there. There's value in the blockchain for title, for record-keeping purposes. Right. And this was such a, a, an awesome concept. You can get rid of the government. You can do all these things. Well, guess what? When you decentralize something and you deregulate something, mm-hmm. bad shit happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it, it's not, I mean, it's crazy, right? Right, yeah. It, it's, it's, and the whole time everybody was pushing this is, is like the, the, the fix for currency. Well, guess what? The U.S. dollar has come off a gold standard a long time ago. Yes. Okay. So there isn't enough gold to back every dollar there. And, and the ideology of, of currency is truly digital now. And yeah, we have paper variants of it. Mm-hmm. But why, do, why does that make the U.S. currency less digital? How many? Tr- I, would, I would venture to guess that more money is spent via wire and electronically than there is spent by paper every single day. Yeah, I would so, too. So I looked at this whole concept when it first came out and I was like, I, I don't. I don't really see how the U.S. currency isn't digital. And I couldn't figure out for the longest time why the government wasn't stepping in to regulate it. And you know what? Maybe it's because they were slow to act. 
But I like to imagine no, this definitely fake world. Slow down. Come on. No, come on. Let's just imagine for let's close our eyes if you're driving, not you. Close your eyes for a minute. Let's kumbaya. <laughs> hold hands. Hold my hand. Yeah. Hold my hand. No, I'm not. Come doing on, bro. That. Hold my hand. Yeah, come on, we're doing it. <laughs> no, we're not. Why are you gonna lie to the audience like that? Come on. Listen, everybody. I might be arrogant, but I don't lie to you. Okay. Uh, no. Say lies. No, no, I have to hold not, my hand. On, okay. Be, be honest. Respectful. Are you verified? Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. It's so sensitive. It's such a sensitive topic for me. Fuck you, Elon. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I actually tweet. I got like three followers on TikTok and Twitter. It's, it's terrible. I actually tag Elon Musk. Like, <laughs> bitch, this is fucked up. Yeah, come on, man. I'm not SBF. Fix this. Yeah. Do you think he looked at you and he's like, oh, that you look like SBF? You want $3 billion, Elon? <laughs> Fix my Twitter. Uh, <laughs> so th this whole thing's going on and, and I'm looking at cryptocurrency. And I, but let's close your eyes for a minute. Let's think to yourselves, okay. All this corrupt stuff's going on with cryptocurrency. People are, are taking advantage of all these things. Yet, what's the value we're getting in return? Other than the, the increase in the value of the currency, what are you getting? I, don't, I, I think the majority of people that are getting into this, that's what they're getting into it for. They look at it as like a stock. That, that, okay, fine. Let, let's, 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 let's take that, that route. That's a great example. Mm -hmm. Kudos to you. Yeah, thank very you. smart. Yeah, this is why you're a laureate. Yeah, okay, <laughs> I'm a laureate. This is why you're a laureate. Okay, <laughs> so you you're not trading currency dollar bills like this in any part of the world, right? Hoping for this level of inflation. Yeah, right. Yeah, like I mean, you're not you're not going like I'm going to hold on to this one dollar yeah. bill and it's going to be worth seventy dollars in a year. It's such a hustle. I just it's such a hustle. This. I just thought about this. Hey, hey, give me your real money. And I'll give you cryptocurrency. I'm going to give you this pet rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you give me your real money. Yeah. So now all the people who were going around this whole time talking about how, how valuable cryptocurrency was and how important it was to you. Uh, you know the two things they're calling for right now more than anything else? What, regulation? Regulation and centralization. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you motherfuckers. I know. I need my shit centralized. But they're saying this will bring more. They're, they're literally saying this will bring more regulation. This will bring more regulation. This is so good. This is so good. This is so good. I honestly believe a lot of what was going on in the NFT space, which led to the demise of NFTs. Have you heard anything about NFTs lately? Zero. Nothing. 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 Yeah. You know how they were everywhere? Everyone and their mama was lining up to make an NFT and start selling it off. Oh, yeah, dude. It was You could literally put a thousand random images together, mm -hmm. sell them. Sell them for a dollar, a dollar each, a thousand dollars each. Every yeah. every print, you did nothing. Right, you made nothing. Yeah, you did nothing. Like, there's nothing there. There's nothing. Poof. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, you can delete that shit. You want a picture of my imaginary friend? Here, give me a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a black picture for you. Yeah. That's what you're doing. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's just terrible. Gone. I, I honestly do believe that cryptocurrency. I think the government may have been slow to act, mm -hmm. right? But I think there may have been a beautiful, longer thought out plan here. You think so? Really? No, but I'm imagining yeah, it. Yeah, you're, no. you're imagining but, I mean, it's, it's, I think, now, it's stunning. I can't even begin to imagine how hard it's going to be to gain the trust back of anyone that they want to now bring into the space. But that's the beauty in what the government may have done unintentionally. Yeah. If they would have tried to regulate this a year ago, oh my fucking God, it would have been World War Three. Yeah, that's true. You can't take our decentralized, you know, cryptocurrency and you can't, you can't just regulate it. Right, you're, you're doing it. The whole system's gonna fall. You don't understand what we're doing here, man. Yeah. yeah now yeah. these same guys are like, "Fuck, someone regulate this shit." Yeah. They're they're, they're loaning our money out to everybody they want. This is crazy. How's everyone not selling off their Bitcoin? I don't understand. Because now, now, dude, now you're pot committed. You held onto this asset that was once worth sixty thousand dollars. Yeah. Now it's worth seventeen and going down. Yeah. Like you know, I mean, <laughs> and going down. But we know, I you know, there are people out there 
that, okay, I don't know much about this space. I, I've heard Bitcoin's a big one. I'm just going to invest everything I got in Bitcoin. Not now. No one's doing yeah. that now. No, no. Although they they're, 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 there's for sure some asshole now who's going like, buy the dip. <laughs> buy the dip. Buy it now. <laughs> buy it now. Buy it now. It's Dave Ramsey. That's Maybe that's sure. our play. Maybe that's, 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 our, that's, our, that's our move. It's for sure, we, Dave, we, it's for sure Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey's the guy out there going, you know what? Buy, buy the dip. Maybe Maybe we start a separate. Now is the time to buy. Buy now. Maybe we start a separate podcast where we're the Dave Ramsey of cryptocurrency. Oh, oh I could do dude. Dave Ramsey voice. Oh, that'd be all awesome. day long. Yeah, and then we're just like off in the Bahamas somewhere. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> it, it's crazy to me to think that that. So here, here's the part that I, I'm like looking at this and going just objectively from a thirty thousand foot elevation. I knew who who the Sam kid was from the Forbes pictures and all this stuff. And I saw like everybody yeah. else, what everybody else yeah, saw. Yeah, you had heard about him before all this. But granted, I'm probably more in the crypto space than more people, than most people are, right? Like I, I'm- Or at least you stayed- I nerded into, out in Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Whatever. So I know who he was, but he looks like this nerdy, goofy kid, curly hair, like overweight, out of shape. I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's a smart guy. Right. I'm sure he got way in over his head. See, but he's people, also been doing some stuff lately that seems kind of criminal. Mm-hmm. So he started posting some very cryptic tweets. Oh, really? Like it was what question mark? Then it was H, just an H. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then I'm like, what the? F-? And oh, I saw that. So somebody asked him where the money go? And he just responded with like question marks. Yeah. So he. That's so fucked up. But there's, there's a theory behind this. Okay. And I didn't tell you because I wanted to get your real opinion while we were holding hands. Hold my hand. Okay. Come on, we're man. Holding, we're holding Stop. hands. Stop. Don't lie to the people. We're holding hands. <laughs> I'm gonna get you to do it one day. <laughs> no, I'm gonna get you to do. It. I'm gonna well, find something good yeah, enough. We're gonna do it. This is why we need the video in the podcast. Yeah, yeah exactly. Is, well, on the first video, we'll hold hands. You know what? People have been googling higher standard uh, podcasts like uh, for YouTube. Like that's a Google thing. I saw is it, it trending. You, you yes. saw it on the yeah, oh, it's yeah. trending top ten. No, that's not a trending. Come top on, 10. I saw on. It, like, we can make it top as 10, a trending then. search yeah. with our. I looked up higher standard search. Yeah, yeah. Stuff because I was trying to find everybody else who's stealing our name. Yeah. But, <laughs> more on, more on that soon. Yeah, I'm suing everybody. goddammit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. C and D's for everybody. Yeah, we can also talk before the end of the show about my epic fail today in court. That's <laughs> oh yeah, that was good. Judge handed me my ass. Yeah, yeah. Why are you here, boy? Yeah, leave. Yeah, that's pretty much what she said. Thank um, you. Come again. Yeah, thank you. Come again. I should have done the whole thing in Indian voice. It was echoing too, so to hurt myself back. But um, so the theory is that Sam, who's now answering these very cryptic tweets, somebody asked him why he was doing it and he made some comment like i never thought like alternatively or outside the box or you know some some weird comment like that but somebody had a great theory on this okay that there's bots that you can program to monitor twitter and what those bots do is they tell you if somebody's deleting tweets okay and the way they do that is they look at how many tweets you have and they see plus one or minus one yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Makes they sense. know you've deleted tweets makes sense so they have a record of how many total tweets you have okay so what they see that he's doing is he's tweeting something weird, like H or whatever, and deleting an old tweet. Oh, so he's, they can't use it as a record. So his him? total tweets aren't changing, but he's deleting them slowly over time. Oh, wow. To, to get rid of some of like the, the past stuff that he may have said that it may have been incriminating now in retrospect. Wow. Yeah. So <sighs> there. So I look at this guy as a smart kid, goofy, maybe, you know, innocuous, got in over his head. But if people got behind him, are, are they really getting behind him and thinking that I, I want to invest in this young kid who who is like positioning himself to be like a young Elon, like a, a smart kid that look, he started this these two companies and they grew it to be this something amazing. And man, so 
that's not enough for me to get behind somebody to, to believe in them like this. That's I'm, crazy. I'm, try, I'm trying not to say the story because I, I have a specific individual who is a billionaire now who I worked with when he was 19. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell the story without exposing who he is. So and leave it off. Leave it off. Don't, yeah, there's nothing no, no I can do. It, but so, yeah. so suffice it to say, I've got experience with somebody who's now a billionaire mm -hmm. who, who got money invested into him really, really young. And I knew before the outside world knew, right? Mm -hmm. He was in the cover of several magazines and, you know, obviously a billionaire. It's yeah. well known at this point in yeah, time. Also hard. Yeah. It's, it's fucking yeah. underground tunnels of his houses and shit buying missile silos. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just not normal. Right. Like the stuff that it's like, it's like Kanye West level of like, I'm going to go do this. And you're like, what? Yeah. I didn't know that was possible. You're just going to build a tunnel underneath your yeah. home for you're, you're just going to carve out a piece of the earth underneath someone else's house. Yeah. They, yeah. Let's see. If they notice what? Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if they notice. Yeah, exactly. it's crazy. I was by the house next door. I'm like, what? Yeah. It's like a ten million. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So stuff like that. So I will say it's there's this weird thing about being kind of like in the moment of a cycle. So Sam came around. S SBF came around. He started this at the right time. Was geeking out on something at the right time. Same story with my guy. Right. He, whatever the thing he was doing, he started at the right time. Got involved at the right time. And somehow got in front of the right people mm -hmm. in that sheer coincidence of the right time and being in front of the right people right. just led to this kind of segue of money coming, being thrown at them. And when you're that young, right. it culminated into something greater. You, you, right. you culminate it into something bigger. There are people who can do that and build it and scale it, mm -hmm. even at a young age. Right. And there are people who get way in over their head and make bad decisions. I will say the striking thing about this FTX thing, the, the part that I look back on and I don't, I don't get mm -hmm. SoftBank, Yes. Uh, Sequoia. Right. Major, major money. What were they, what were they pitched? Finance. Yeah. CZ put his money in 20%. He had a stake. Right. Not a single one of them had a board seat. How are you going to give them? That's right. How how are you not going to have a yeah, board seat? Yeah, CZ, you got twenty percent stake in the company. Usually, that means I'm getting a board seat. Yeah, and and look, if you're if you're on the board of director, I've been on the board of several companies. Like I, I get it, right? You know, your job is oversight of what the management team is doing. A hundred percent. You know, you're accountable, right? You guys wrote these big ass checks and didn't want to be on their board. That's wild. You're right. The, the kid at the time was in his early mid twenties. So yeah. was it 2017 he started this? 2017 is what, five, five six years that ago? That doesn't make any sense Right? To me. So the, the kid was 24, 25 years old. Right. Nobody was like, you know what? I'm going to give you this money. I believe in you, but I want to be on your board. They made Vlad and Bijou, the CEOs, the co-CEOs then at, at Robinhood. Right. Sequoia Capital G Group. They were all in there. They had board seats. They had representation. Right. So you're going to tell me that you believed in, and you didn't believe in Vlad and Bijou who were older and arguably more sophisticated? Right, better looking than uh, than Sam. I declare shenanigans. It's weird, right? Yeah. If you're CZ and at Binance, you put twenty percent into this, and you're mad this kid's talking shit on you. Blah, blah blah. When when are you gonna say like, bro, like, open up your books? I want to see what's going on here. Yeah. At some point, like, yo, shame on you. So the whole industry was drinking the Kool Aid. Don't don't put this solely on him. Mm -hmm. Y'all let this kid completely, and then you saw him spending. He bought the naming rights to Miami's like. Right, arena. Arena. I mean, what? The Miami Heat, right. There's also a rumor floating around the internet, and I don't know if it's true, that Bang Bros, the porn company, offered $10 million to have the naming rights. I don't know anything to about To call the, it the Bang Bros what's, Arena. What's Bang Bros? 
the purpose of this conversation, don't. wink, wink, nudge, nudge, while you're holding my hand, let's not have this conversation, but <laughs> they're in the business of porn and they, but I don't know if it's true or not, or maybe yeah. it's just hilarious. They wanted to buy the, the naming rights? Yeah, they wanted to be the Bang Bros Arena. That's so good. <laughs> that made the Twitter rounds. I don't know that, if that's real or not. That, is so, that, <laughs> but, that was never going to happen, that, dude. <laughs> I mean. That'd be awesome if they made an offer. Crypto.com, Bang Bros Arena. Yeah. That's the rumor that they allegedly made an offer for $10 million, which made me think, is hey, that, well, is hey, that well, much money? Hey, we'll take sponsorship. This could be the Bang Bros Studio. Higher standard, brought to you by Bang Bros. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even say that. Yeah, I want to stay married. Let's not do that. Yeah, let's not do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like your wife, too. So yeah, that's yeah, not, she, yeah. She's, she's awesome. Because I know her. She's going to blame it on me. Yeah, it's always your fault. Yeah, it's not. So, so I didn't do this. You made him do this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which I did. Guess why we're holding hands. Yeah. So yeah, I look back on all this stuff and I think to myself, like, what did you think that a 20-something, 30-something-year-old kid was doing when he was spending all this money on sponsorships, ads, offering to buy companies, buying out Voyager, you know, throwing money, just making the offer to Elon Musk? I mean, who was going to go, you know what? Maybe this is, I mean, I granted, he was worth, what, I think $16 billion or something mm -hmm. at some point in time? And he was $16 billion and it came went down to zero. Dude, yeah. I, yeah, none of this makes any sense. I declare, no shenan sense. I declare shenanigans, though. There really aren't any shenanigans. I think the only mm -hmm. shenanigans were is this kid got weighed over his head. He started over leveraging. And if you look, if you look at it from his, let's, okay, I'm not being, I'm just being the devil's advocate. Don't judge. Conspiratorial. Okay. Yeah. If you're him and you think to yourself, okay, I've got all these customer assets in FTX, this exchange. Mm -hmm. I've got Alameda Research, which is a hedge fund. Hedge funds can lose a lot of money. Like, it's no secret that SoftBank's made a lot of bad calls, but they make that one big call and it just pays out and that's what pays the bills for years to come. Right, exactly. Right? That's the way hedge funds work is right. miss, 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 major hit. Miss, Ma miss, 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 major, major hit. Right, exactly. Right? In his mind, the value of his exchange was going up. More people are going to find out about you. The fourth biggest in the world at the time. He's just doing what banks do. I'm, 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 I'm sending a... He didn't give the money originally to Alameda Research. He made a loan to Alameda Research from his company. Yeah, but he had to have known what he's doing is wrong, commingling the funds, sending it over, transferring over. I mean, he created a back-end channel in order to do it. Then in of it's right there, he knows what he's doing is wrong. No, I think what, well, let's, again, let's look at the devil's advocate. Maybe he's looking at it like, okay, this is wrong if you look at it as a regulated thing. This is supposed to be unregulated. We're cowboys, man. This is the wild, wild west. This is decentralized, <laughs> no, unregulated. But people are not, people aren't investing their money thinking like this is, this is a possibility. Like anything goes. So you don't believe him when he said I, I fucked up? You think you think it was like No, I think what he's what he's saying I fucked up is like, yeah, I, I did something I wasn't supposed to do. My bad. Really? You don't think he's saying I fucked up? Like I made a mistake. Oops. No, I don't See, think I, I think this is where he's not doing himself any justice. He's not, and I think this is why you're probably right, and I'm my being devil's advocate is wrong. Mm -hmm. Is he's not explaining any of the stuff that he did at this point. No, no, no. He knows he's fucked. Well, I know he knows he's fucked, but he's probably trying to avoid jail time. I, I get that. And he's got lawyers and you know, whatever. I'm sure most of the employees have lawyers at this point, and I'm sure a lot of them are going to come forward. I mean, like we said, know. dude, there's a billion to $2 billion in cash that is still missing. Yeah, I, look, I, I would not be shocked if that guy turns up dead. Or we never hear from him again. Yeah, I mean, where are you going to go? Yeah, you can be the next Edward Snowden. <laughs> Trust me, Snowden could hide a lot better than him. At least Snowden didn't take everybody's money. Yeah. Exactly. You're hiding from one government. Fine. Right. Now you're hiding from everybody. Right. And these, these, let's be honest, a lot of people who had money in cryptocurrency were nefarious actors. Right. There's, I mean, not everybody, but there was a lot there's of people some, in the space. There's definitely some players. Right? I guarantee you there's some dirty money in, in FTX, and somebody's like, okay, let's find him. Yeah. There's no border that's going to stop that yeah. person. Off with his head. Yeah. I'm, I mean, that's a little. I mean, that's little, what little, I'm, I'm, little, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying I would do that. Like medieval 
yeah, you know, like thumb down. Yeah, that, yeah. that's that's less a little harsh. Yeah, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised someone took his head off. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's just. <laughs> It just—it wouldn't surprise me at all that that, that happened. Yeah. Can you stop looking at the screen? What are you? you this, got, this is you why. Got, this is why. It's, it's Beastie Boys. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Uh, acceptable. You. You can't. I, I approve this. This is why I can't have you look at. I'm gonna turn this off. Wait, so you, can't, you put on you, Beastie Boys. Would you focus Boys? on the show? Yeah. It's, LG. Yeah. Site so just figured out LG stood for life's good. He's no, really, but I told really you. <laughs> Don't do this. You ain't holding my Don't hand. What are you talking about? Okay. So tell us about your day in court where you got owned. God damn it. So. I, for the record, anybody who has me as as, as your attorney, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, I suck. No, no. I, I am arguably the world's worst attorney. Don't do that. Because I'm like a dog with a bone. Like, you piss me off and I can't let it go. I know like, you go to court and you're supposed to be like, yes, your honor, no, your honor. I'm the guy who's like, this is fucked up. Right, right. I get mad. Yeah. On your on your tombstone, I was going to say, Kristen Hebe, the most persistent motherfucker you know. <laughs> yeah, I just, I won't. <laughs> I can't let it go. So... I had to go to court for a matter I can't talk about in, in full detail, but suffice it to say, I spent a couple of days putting together my own like research and evidence and this beautiful binder, well presented, like good. Yeah, yeah. This is small claims court. This is not like big boy superior court. You didn't even need to do all this, but you did it anyways because I did this because it was principle. Right. Right. The right thing. Mm -hmm. And so remind people, small claims court is up to how much? Anything under ten thousand dollars in the state of California it might vary state to state. Uh, I'm not really sure how most states do it, but I'm pretty sure that's kind of like the general yeah. rhetoric. So you did all the hours of work for something less than ten thousand dollars. Yeah, the lawsuit was only fifteen hundred bucks. Okay, right, and but it, it was a principle. Like right. I, I didn't like how people were being spoken to, so I was defending people. Right, and there, there's there's a lot of misrepresentation in the first part. So I go up there, I fly up there. First time I get on a plane in April. I call the court that day of, apparently it was rescheduled, nobody told me. Mm. Get off the plane. Luckily, I'm literally able to get off as they're closing the door, whatever, get off the plane. I go back up there a second time. I call the day before this time. Call the day of this time. Okay, you're good. I get up there. Oh, no, we rescheduled you. I was heated, man. Thanks, Chief. I was heated. <laughs> like, you have no idea. I'm, I'm literally all the way up in hey, Northern yeah. California. I'm like, what in the fuck? Yeah. I'm like, I talked not, to you like three hours ago. She's not, like, yeah, things changed. Yeah. Well, not the best areas in Northern California. Yeah. No, it, it was. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, gotta, we, don't, we don't got to say so, where. So that time when yeah. I was up there, yeah. I came, I'm wearing a suit, which by the way, it looks funny because I'm fat in a suit and I don't fit in the suit. <laughs> so it, it just, it's not a good look. You know, I'm in the hood. Yeah. And. with <laughs> some dockers. Yeah, it was not a good look. And the worst part was, is I'm on my AirPods talking to my wife. Yeah. This dude rolls up, like, blasting music with spinners on some SUV that's not a high-end SUV. Oh, I love this. Windows down, marijuana smoke coming out the side of the window. Oh, yes. And I'm like, I can smell it. I can smell him driving up. Like, yeah. that's how strong it was. And like, you know, whatever. Good for you, bro. Like, yeah, I, yeah. Live your life. I ain't got a problem. Live your, live your best life. Right. He's like, hey, man. Hey. And I'm looking around like, I'm the only person here. There's nobody else you can be talking to, right? Like, this, this, this place is like, a, like nobody was there. Right, right. I, I, gave, I, even was, I was shocked they were open when I got inside because right, there was right. no cars out. There was nothing. It was just me, parking lot, courthouse, this dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Hey, man. I tell my wife, I'm like, honey, I might die. Hold on. <laughs> so I have my, my wife on hold. I take the AirPod out of my left ear. I'm looking at the guy. He's like, hey, man. Is a uh, court in session? What? And I'm like, well, not for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> And he's like, they open though, right? And I'm like, uh, I, 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 I would assume. I, I mean, are you going? What kind of court are you going to? The traffic court. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming together now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I get it. I, I literally say to him, I'm like, yeah, um, you might want to air that vehicle out a little bit before you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But they, they in there. He's like, oh yeah, good, 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 good call. Good call. 
And he drives up. <laughs> he reeked of weed. Like, reeked. I was like, come on, bro. No fucks. I'm like six feet away from the window of your car. Yeah. You rolled up on me in the hood. That, I thought I was dead, Yeah, by the that way. shit's in your, I was on like, your clothes and your hair now. Yeah, I had the phone. I was ready to die. I'm like, honey, I got to hang up on you. I got to call the police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was ready to go. Anyway, so yeah, I was up there. So that trip, wasted. But I left my evidence binder up there. Planned, rescheduled, 30 days out. Finally get there. Okay, boom. Right. In court. I've explained it to the clerk of the court, like, you guys have retraded me three times a date. I've flown up here. You know, I tried to get on the plane twice now. I've flown mm-hmm. up here once. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Motion to vacate the previous judgment because they got a, a judgment against me because I they had a hearing in between those dates that they didn't tell me about. Mm. And the guy got a default judgment. I was like, hey, this is this is BS. This is some bullshit. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, right. yeah. I just want my day in court. If you find me, if you find us guilty and, like, I got to pay you, fine. I just want to be able to talk to you. Right. The ju- so they approved me for a Zoom hearing. Great. This judge, she gets, first of all, I wait like 45 minutes past the Zoom hearing time. Mm. Judge finally opens up the Zoom camera. Now, normally most courts, they open it up and put you on mute so that, so that you can see into the courtroom and wait your turn. Right. Like you're there. Right. But this one, I couldn't see anything. It was just a blank screen. And I'm like, I didn't even know what was going on. Load me up. I've been there for whatever now, waiting. Judge is elderly, Asian woman. Mm-hmm. And she's having some technical challenges hearing me, me hearing her. And this goes on for like 15 minutes. Mm. I'm like holding up signs saying, call me. Here's my mobile. No, we can't do that. I mean, it's just. It's <laughs> SOS, SOS. Yeah, it's just stupid. <laughs> stupid, right? But I'm trying to bear with it because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to start this relationship off of me holding a middle finger, like drawn on a piece of paper. Up on it. Like, I'm just trying to. <laughs> I can just picture you. Yeah, I was, I was frustrated, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to be nice. Right. But I'm dressed like a lumberjack who did not care that he's in court that day. <laughs> right. Because right. I was like, it's small claims, bro. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm not doing this for you. Yeah. I'm doing this for justice. So. <laughs> She finally figures it out, and this is horrible echo. Oh, everything I'm saying is echoing bad. So, like, you know, like when you talk, but then you have to pause because, like, you hear yourself talking longer. Yeah, you want to catch it. Yeah. And I'm like, you gonna fix it? And she goes, No. I'm like, oh, Okay. And I can hear me echoing to her. Yeah. So, like, it's clearly on both sides. Right. Right. So I'm like, How am I gonna talk to this lady? Right. She has, doesn't want to hear anything you have to say. Doesn't want to hear anything I have to say. So, the the guy, the the plaintiff who got the judgment, it comes in and he's just arrogant. Arrogant, arrogant, arrogant. Mm. Right? Really full of himself. Takes, former attorney. Takes arrogance and no arrogance. And I'm just, yeah. <laughs> Pause. Ow. <laughs> Every thing you say to me in the show that hurts my feelings. I love it. I love it. That, the, that, that, that one may hurt. That one, that, that one may hurt a little bit. It's an ongoing joke. If anybody knows a place where I can buy reviews, <laughs> please send them. <laughs> yeah, we, we really could use them. Yeah, I, I, need to, I need to buy like a good like 30 or 40 talking about how, how much of a sweetheart I am. Yeah. How, how modest he is, down to earth, <laughs> all these things. Yeah. Let's not go too far. Down to earth, down to earth ain't the way to that describe me. Yeah, yeah. Down to sexy. Yeah, yeah, maybe anyway. Stop. But so um uh the conversation did not go well. Yeah. She uh she asked me why I needed to vacate. I tried to explain all this, but I'm echoing a lot and I couldn't really articulate myself well because I'm frustrated hearing myself echo. Right. But I, I got out enough to where she can clearly tell that I didn't get proper service and I just want to hear my day in court. And obviously, I wanted to be there. Here's the evidence of my plane tickets. Right. This and mind guy, you, you created that binder. Created the binder. All there. Right. I see it next to her. Yeah. Never opened it. Didn't, not once. Didn't touch it. Didn't touch it. Right? Unreal. Then, he's talking about he got proper service that I should have been made aware, blah, 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 blah. And I said, look, dude, I know what you sent. I know where you sent it to. Obviously, I came there and made changes with the clerk of the court. Mm-hmm. So these changes were to give me proper notice. Right. I am receiving notice now. Obviously, that's why I'm here. Then he says I didn't give him proper notice of the in-court 
me being present because he has to he has to be willing to have me appear in via zoom meeting via zoom right right but the clerk who i filled the form in front of right literally well, there's three different options right you can mail it you can you can um, do it in person like an in-person delivery or you can send an email and provide the email address you send it to right i bring it up share screen with the judge here it is here's my email to him that he says he didn't receive to the email address he's been emailing us to here you go you can see right here this is the yeah. date this is the time i was actually in front of your clerk and here's your document which says email is satisfactory evidence and he's like i didn't get it i have a complaint from the fdic where he complains about me emailing him and that i don't know what i'm doing right right, it, right? like i know he got it yeah, yeah exactly right whatever judge says okay okay uh motion to vacate denied thanks bye <laughs> see ya but i'm like <laughs> Nothing? No, nothing? Yeah, that's it. Wait, hold on. I thought we were just getting started. Nothing. Didn't hear me out. Nothing. That's got to be frustrating. Frustrating, man. Time to appeal. And here's the worst part. Here's the absolute worst part. I swear to, I swear to all things in my life, I swear to God. Yeah. This guy was so mean to everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's painting this picture that we're malicious and, you know, we're terrible to him. And, and it's like, dude, like everybody bent over backwards to help you. Right. Bent over. You were so rude and inconsiderate and mean and malicious. And terrible. And you go to a courtroom and you paint this picture like you were wrong. Right. Unreal, man. And I'm like, come on, man. This is not about the money. This is about like. These type of people will always exist in the world, though. Mind you, he has like 40 pending small claims court action. I think he, I think he makes a living doing this. He's very litigious. I, I think this is yeah, very litigious. Yeah. Very. I think this is what he does for a living. Wow. Uh, it's frankly illegal. I, I think that he, what he's doing is more illegal than what Sam did. <laughs> come on, man. It, I'm no, telling you, man. Listen, that's only because you took an L. I took a I took an L today. Yeah, you took an L. And part of me wants to appeal and do like the whole thing. Come on, man. It's not worth your time. I know, just but I want to do just it. Just take that L. It's just principle. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to make him go back there one more time. Yeah, yeah. So that he knows what it feels like. Because I flew up there. I got on a plane twice. The you know how shit. hard it is to shoehorn my fat ass into a suit? <laughs> it's terrible. It's tough. Yeah, it's not. It's not a good look. And then have me sit in a tight ass suit in oh, a tight ass airplane. I, I, I think a couple episodes ago we talked about how you got four new suits, you're getting excited. Uh, give everyone an update about your suits. Come on, man. Come on, man. Why Let's are you do doing this. this to me? I, I mean, Remember there was all this extra fabric going on. Is, the guy was like, "Man, you you've actually put on some weight, man. Good job." Did you know why you're asking? You know this at all? You're, you're <laughs> no, a piece I, of shit. I know you, this. You, I'm just a piece of shit. People deserve to know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> shit didn't fit. It did not fit. Uh it came in and uh, the the waist was way too big still. And um, they were too, the, leg, the legs are too high up. And so for for record, I ordered these from Indochino. That's where I typically order my suits from, right? Right. Back in the day, I, I my first suit I ever ordered from, I, I ordered it, internet, measured myself, fit flawlessly when I got there. Right. Needed no nothing. I remember when you ordered those, and I was so excited. So I got more and more and more. I always ordered more. It was great. they all fit great. Right. And I don't know if they switch factors or what happened, or maybe I just got like fat in like all the wrong places. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, these measurements can't be right. So yeah. yeah. Some, something went left. Yeah. But the last, the last I was at Yale when I was I was taking courses there. I ordered two suits that were shipped out there, mm -hmm. and I actually got in touch with their CEO. And I'm like, "Yo, like, what happened, to you guys? I ordered all these suits; they were amazing. And this is before I got fat. I was I was incredible shape then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They show up there, and I'm like, I can't wear it, dude. There was like, it was bad. I couldn't even sit down. <laughs> like my thighs would have popped open. <laughs> like I mean, it was it was so bad. And it was like if I flex my butt cheeks, which are not like like it would like popped open. I thought they got better too because I actually seen them in Nordstrom now. Yeah, they they're all over Nordstrom. They, I think I think I just have a weird ass body type now. Yeah, like yeah. I, they're just like, come on, we we don't make suits for yoga. Yeah, um, listen, th there's a 
There's a problem with your thighs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, there's not you know enough fabric. You know you gotta, you touch gotta, in the middle. Yeah, you got to pay for two suits. There's too much fabric. Yeah, most people's legs touch in the, in the middle a little bit. Your thighs touch all the way from the knee up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. That's not good. Yeah, no, it's not good. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened, but so I go in for, mind you, if you go get a bespoke suit made, for those of you who never ordered a custom suit from like a high-end tailor, you go in, they measure you, right. number one. Right. You go back for a second fitting, number two. Mm-hmm. Then you go in for a third and final fitting. And usually that's it. You're done. Yeah. This is my third fitting for these suits from Indochino. God damn. Right? I went in. Man. Safe to say they'll never sponsor the show. I, I wish they would. <laughs> just to get it right. Just because I want to. Make it right. This is, I've been in three times now. And honestly, it's at the point where I'm, I know someone's laughing at me. Right. The waist was so big. Like it's it's it, on the on the on the jacket. Yeah, yeah. The guy put it on me. He's like, huh? <laughs> he's, hmm. <laughs> this is after he took it in the first time. Yeah. I'm like, bro, just remake this, okay? Let, let's just let's just Go start on. over. Go like, on. This is not a good. And he's like, you know, the shoulders. I don't really think that the shoulders are 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 not tailored. I think maybe your shoulders are off. I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm like, then tailor one side different than the other one. What's the problem here? Yeah. Come on, guy. And he's like, no, I think it's your shoulders. I'm like, it's not my, sh-. bro. Yeah, it's you. Yeah, it's it's. And it's bad, man. I'm showing a whole lot of ankle in the pants. Oh, but that's the look. That's your. I know. Look. So I'm I'm gonna rock the pants, but it, yeah. It, even, need to bad. get some. Need to get some loafers. My now. wife, who doesn't know high end like suits, she I sat down next to her because she she and my son came the last fitting, the third one, mm-hmm. and said, "Are those pants tied on you?" Yeah. <laughs> Looks like I'm like, honey, what? Why? He's like, why don't you sit down and try them? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. you said I can't sit down in these pants, and she's like, well, just, yeah. yeah. Hey, your foot looks looking a little blue. Yeah. She's like, well, you know, I just see a lot of tight fabric. <laughs> There's really a lot nice. of seam. Yeah, a lot of seam. <laughs> I'm like, come on, babe. So yeah, that's the oh, thing. So shit. it's not it's not going ideal. Yeah, exactly. And then their tailor was out for like two weeks and so, stuff. So. so so when everyone sees the photos from the photo shoot and you wonder why we're not dressed professionally, you'll know why. Kristen didn't have his suits to wear. That's part. I know. I know. I know. That's why. I know. That's why. You no, got that's, me. That, that's not. You why. Why. Come on. No, no, no. In my defense, I always wanted the podcast to be a lot more casual, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Irma insisted, and then she realized that I'm a jackass and shouldn't be anything professional. And then, yeah, yeah. 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 But I did send her the ten photos that we. Okay, that's gonna, that's gonna get rolled out soon. That's gonna get rolled out real soon. I actually want to do that, and then as soon as she gives me the photo, I'll roll something out pretty quickly. Yeah. And then we'll just not tell anybody and see who who thinks who yeah. doesn't listen to the show anymore. We're who not notices? Serious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, Saeed, uh, before we got on the actual show, said to me, you know what, man, we're going to roll through this content so fast. We cannot go a full show on just cryptocurrency. Yeah. I'd like to point out, once again, the arrogant one was right. This is why I'm arrogant, bro. I didn't think it was possible. Good job, it's, man. Kudos. <laughs> I deserve a pat on the back for that. Deserve, no, I deserve a pat. I deserve a oh, filler. Oh, I had a fluff I had to you know, on that I show. Did, you know, I kept the timeline. I was in line. You I was in order. No, you were timeline yeah, way I had, off. No, bro. I had, I had, I had to, to tell you, like, slow down, slow down. You wanted to jump to the Bohemian headquarters in Nassau and get on. Like, Hold on, no, no. It was funny. I wanted to get there. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was a good part <laughs> of the show. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more coming out on the whole FTX downfall. And I don't know that it's going to necessarily be the Lehman Brothers for this particular recessionary economy. No. Yeah. But before we end the show, I do want to talk a little bit about the economy. Oh, let's go. So one of the things that I've been seeing a lot of is a lot more optimism in the market. Mm, yeah, I had some on that too. You, did you really? Yeah. Well, I wasn't planning on touching on the official, but I will say that I think a lot of people are starting to get to the point where they feel like the 75 basis point increases by the Fed are done. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's true, but certainly Bloomberg, which is a history of being right and wrong at the same time, depending on how far out you look at the immediate stuff, they're usually right and the longer stuff, they're usually wrong. Right. They seem to be thinking the same thing. Fifty basis points in in December on the fourteenth. Right. 
and then um you know possibly 25 25 to that or something to that degree but then i think really, it's, i think it'll just be 25 basis points in february and then that'll hit their rate of like four and a half we think that it could push it out their terminal rate to five percent so i mean it depends on where you look like look but the market largely is at a point where they're starting to be really optimistic about mm-hmm. us getting to a point where inflation's coming down again right and so that last imp- inflation print core and cpi being down i think is, is kind of what's really giving people the, that renewed confidence that something positive is on the horizon yeah federal reserve governor christopher waller said sunday that financial markets seem to have overreacted to the softer than expected october consumer price inflation data quote it was just one data point waller said in a conversation in sydney australia quote the market seems to have gotten way out in front over this one cpi report everybody should just take a deep breath calm down we've got a ways to go i agree with that i do I, I do i like waller first of all well let's go back home. why is he in in sydney australia i have no idea is he at a it's conference sponsored by ubs bro ubs is flying dudes out to australia why why is ubs not calling me up for that shit <laughs> ubs hook a brother up come good night mike let's go down to australia and have a bobby right like, come on man like and, what's up i mean and something something to be said we know shelter you know comprises of 30 percent of the cpi right and you know they're saying rents are actually starting starting to show signs of coming down, right? Mm-hmm. But those numbers aren't reflected on the CPI report until people have to renew their leases and now paying, you know, less rent. So that's going to take some time for people to get, have to renew their leases. So by maybe by June, July of next year, rents will actually start to come down much further, and that number will get reflected. That's a huge chunk of the CPI report. So I, I don't see it. It coming down significantly or until then, at least. Yeah, I don't see that either. And I would say as a proxy, government spending generally is shown to have a nominal effect on inflation, but does have a huge impact on GDP. Mm-hmm. And those GDP numbers that we've seen have been positive prints, uh, which kind of segue before the CPI prints. Right. Uh, which are also kind of leading, lending itself to the optimism, I think, are, are not necessarily a fair representation of the things that we're living through right now but right i you know i I will say look the general feeling that i'm getting from most people is that next year will be very tough it'll be a very difficult year especially the first quarter Mm -hmm. and then after that there's a sense of optimism in the markets again there's there's going to be a sense of optimism but i think that's going to go away again real real soon that's what we predicted we predicted that for a long time right but i did before you're shitting on everybody's rainbows i did want to stop and acknowledge that look look you know it's nice to feel going into the holiday. It's nice to have some hope, right? Even if it's misplaced at this point in time, even if Q1 is going to kick everybody in the ding ding, right? Well, it's nice to get the ball rolling, right? So this this whole thing about it, about the Fed quote unquote pivoting, right? There's three steps to the pivot. There's the initial drop in the increase in uh, interest rate hikes of the basis points, so that we know we're predicting and Bloomberg's predicting. They're coming out to 50 basis points on the next one. So that's the beginning, right? Second step will probably be them holding the rates. Which they've already told us they're going to do. Right. And that's going to happen. And then the third step will be once they start to lower the rates, right? Now, they're going to hold the rates for a long time. But I guess, you know, the raindrops and lollipops that Chris is referring to is we're maybe beginning the process of the first step. Don't misquote me. It's gumdrops and lollipops. Was it rain? What did I say? Raindrops and lollipops? Yeah, gumdrops and lollipops, bro. Okay, my, we said I was shitting on everyone's rainbows, so. <laughs> you were i respect all rainbows oh, oh come, come on, on man come on nothing that'll get you more canceled fat 
man. man. Nothing will get you more canceled faster. I love everybody. Than, I got no than, problems. Than gender issues. Bro. I got no problems. I love yeah. everybody. You love everybody. Everybody. Yeah. So let's just be clear about that. Saeed loves everybody. Everybody. We do not want to be canceled. No, no, no. We love you. We want to be around for a long time. Don't cancel. Not me. just for a good time. Honest five-star review. Honest. Yeah. All the way. Okay, so let's uh, save the rest for the next episode. Mm -hmm. Until then, we love you. Mean it. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you are listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase what's possible when leaders decide to uphold a higher standard for their businesses, their investments, their families, and most importantly, themselves. If you want to see more of my content, I post daily on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, so be sure to follow me on your favorite social media platform. And with that, it is a wrap. And as always, I look forward to hanging with you all on the next episode.